Hey all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank and I'm joined by Scott. Hey, what's up, nerds? And today we've got Jonathan back from a bit of a break. Hey, hey, yo. It's been a minute, yeah. Back from the dead. Yeah. I moved and I used that as an excuse to not join for like, I don't know, two months or something like that. And then you got a vacation coming up that's going to take another month off, so... Yeah, I don't know yeah. if it's attendance. We we'll have to have a conversation. Uh, see you guys. <laughs> see you guys around Christmas, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to talking. We'll see how my audio again. quality is. Maybe, maybe I'll be invited not to come back for a while. <laughs> yeah, until I get my stuff straightened out. Uh, all right, we're gonna start off with our question: Who is your favorite TV bad guy? Uh, Jonathan, let's start with you. Uh, see, that's hard. This is definitely not like my favorite of you know. I analyzed all TV shows and stuff because there's a lot of good ones. I'm probably just not thinking about. But a couple of my favorites. One is uh, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. Yeah. He was just such a cool, like intimidating character. The way just his voice, uh, when he would speak, he just commanded your respect and he had so much confidence and power. Uh, So such a great character. And uh, Anorax from, we just talked about not too long ago, the Year of Hell episodes of Star Trek Voyager. That that kind of villain Anorax uh, was a really cool character because you could see that he had like truly good intentions with, with the, you know, bad work that he was doing and you, you really sympathized with him. Uh, so you were kind of conflicted whether to destroy him or not, which in the end, his destruction was his salvation. So it was kind of a, a win-win, but, and then he, then he's redeemed at that point, actually, as you know, now he can live on a life as a good person instead of being a villain. So good for good a, for just like one appearance on a Star Trek, he's very well-developed. Like you actually, you see his descent. You see him being mm-hmm. redeemed. It's actually pretty well done. Uh, Scott, yeah. what about you? All right. So my my honorary mention, I guess, um, is Lucifer from Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's just he's he's a bad guy, and he enjoys it. You know, he's just having a great time being the villain. Um, and that actor, I think, is just you know really great. He goes and he's a villain in practically everything he plays. It seems like, so it just comes yeah. really natural to him. It feels really sincere, but I think my all time favorite would have to be Lex Luthor from Smallville. Um, you know, because you see, like you were talking about, you know, you see his descent, he starts off. I actually re- recently rewatched Smallville and I'm rooting for the, like, can the show change? So that Lex, and Clark can just be friends forever. And yeah. then, you know, you get to see that descent of Lex. And you're like, no, don't do it, Lex. Don't do it, Lex. And then <laughs> he does it. And then and then you're like, but he's still awesome. He's still Lex Luthor. He's still just, yeah, I, I really love the development of that. One of these days, I'm going to sit down and watch Smallville. One of these days. I've seen the first season, but like nothing past that. I know that it gets really good. All right, mine's going to be Logan Roy from Succession. I just love him so much, and I kind of want him to win the whole time. And I'm always just like, yeah, grind your kids into dust. Like, I'm always rooting for the bad guy on that one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I don't know. That's, that's mine. Kyle also had uh, Gus Fring. Nomads of Fantasy was saying Tai Lung from Kung Fu Panda, which is the movie, but also just, like, that's voiced by Ian McShane, so totally worth a shout-out. We had Replicators from... SG-1, and we had Murdoch from MacGyver. So those are the bad guys that people have picked on Twitter. Some solid ones there. Yeah, it's good, jo- good job, guys. 
Next up, let's go ahead and get into our uh, into our news. We're gonna go through some quickies here real fast. You guys stop me off if there's anything particular you want to talk about. So Paramount cancels Star Trek Prodigy and is removing it from the streaming service. Uh, Why do you think they're removing it? I don't get that. I mean, I understand maybe it didn't get the attention they were expecting, and that's fine. It was an interesting enough show, but maybe that's just not the audience that's uh, streaming right now. But the fact that they're pulling it off, I mean, it's, it's content you already made. You have it. It's in the bank. Just leave it there and make it accessible for people. Why do you think they're removing it? Because they're going to take a loss on the taxes like they do with Batgirl. Oh, gosh, I see. Okay. They can write it off as such a bad flop that it's it's uh, not worth, you know, it was a poor investment on their side. Yeah, they're yeah. going to get that tax return. Yeah, that sucks. They All said right, that well. they only got 300,000 views on it. So it was it was pretty bad for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and they're talking about shopping it out to other, like Netflix wants to carry it, they can, something like that. So they might do something like that. But for now, it just wasn't worth the investment. I think, I also think Paramount Plus isn't a very... They have SpongeBob, but I don't think it's very good for like a younger audience in general. Yeah, SpongeBob is us and teenagers, so yes. they don't have yeah. they don't have much for. Like I, I stream kids shows all the time. Disney's obviously the the go to. Netflix has a little bit, but Netflix really doesn't have that much to to compete with. So maybe Disney can buy it. Hopefully, I would Watch. be ecstatic to buy that. Like Star Trek on Disney Plus would be oh so mm-hmm. cool. If if they just bought all of Star Trek and then they could add a little bit of Star Trek into their Star Wars world and they all just kind of merge in their different galaxies that have similar uh technology and stuff that'd be dope you got a lot of nerds real pissed off with you right now oh yeah (laughs) it'll be well even better it'll be a war zone so you set up in the park you have you know the (laughs) the new what is it galaxy's edge and then just past that somewhere you have uh the alpha quadrant or something like that and then where they meet is the neutral zone where every once in a while, you know, a timer goes off or somebody breaches the borders. And then there's just a full out war where kids are just running in costume with lightsabers and phasers. And, you know, you just see everyone duke it out in some, you know, live action role play for a while. That'd be dope. I would go to a Star Trek park so fast. I'd be so on board with it so fast. <laughs> right. I wonder if that yeah. one in Jordan is still uh, open. Remember in uh, Jordan, Africa? I don't know, but own- he's the king now. The guy, the prince that liked Star Trek so much that he made, the, he's actually the king now. Yeah. And so I don't know, he was, maybe he was in an episode of Voyager. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Next, we have the Smosh co-founders repurchased the company after their 2017 collapse. This is mostly a Frank shout out. But uh, so Mythical bought Smosh and uh, basically like, hey, you know, what? we're going to save you. This is the first like. Considered the first time one content creator bought another content creator and they did that. And what was cool is that Smosh met up again and they're like the two founders. They re-became friends, as you guys know, being content creators yourselves, scheduling, life, it becomes a lot to do. But yeah, they're like, let's be friends again and let's just bring back Smosh, but like the old ways, and they bought the company again. So that was pretty awesome. We have a new trailer for Metalocalypse Army of the Doomstar, which is going to be a movie that finally finishes up the, the Metalocalypse story. What I like about it is it looks exactly like the show we used to watch. They didn't... Yeah retool it and change it you know very much at all it's just a expanded story so we see a big story that they play out within this movie but it looks just like you know the same everything from when we were watching it well, I don't know, 15 years ago or something like that yeah i wonder i wonder if you'll still have the taste for it jonathan because you've changed a lot over <laughs> that time you're yeah. a dad with kid in the house and back then you were you know like more of a you i mean your your name on on <laughs> Video games is Dr. Rock, so I do cocaine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. I mean, it must have been like oh, 15 or 17 or something like that when we used to watch that all the time. Yeah. So now you're going to go in there and you're like, oh, I'm going to bring my kid to watch some cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's this right. Is, no, everybody dies. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely be one of the shows I have to watch on my phone on my lunch breaks or something like that. Or, there you go. You know, when everyone's out, I'll watch it because, yeah, it's nonstop, you know, death and orgies and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not great for kids. We also got a trailer for Crave for the Hunter. This is going to be uh, a Sony project. It's part of the Spider-Verse. The big change in this is that he gets his power from getting lion's blood mixed with his blood. Kind of a weird way to get powers. Is it at least a special lion, like a radioactive lion or something like that? We don't know. It better be a radioactive lion. I mean, yeah. I can go bite a lion today. If that's what it takes. <laughs> like, let's fight, bro. Or just go shoot him and then yeah. you get all the blood you want uh, distributing it. I like how your first idea is like, let me bite a lion. I would <laughs> yeah. love to see how that would work out for you. <laughs> just some raw live lion meat. That'll do it. Yeah, he's yeah. Gotta, you just got to be real sneaky. You just sneak up on him. You know, he's napping. You just get a good bite. Then you fucking run. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be great. It's going to be R, a rated R, which does. I think I think that's kind of got me a little excited about it because I want to see what they could actually do in the Spider-Verse with a rated R movie. But I'm also like, there's no way the MCU is going to let this guy into their world. So mm. I think that's know, even better, though. Is this, is this by Sony? It's by Sony. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of the Venom side of things and stuff. Exactly. So it looks like they're doing what I've been saying for a while that I think um, uh, DC needs to do, which is make these superhero movies that aren't for kids. They're more tailored for the adults. This reminds me of what a good action hero movie would have been before the MCU ever started. Right? Yeah, Remember like we used to have, yeah, a very authentic, yeah. just like intense action, but with a deep, rich story and, you know, a character you can fall in love with. It looks really, really cool to me. So I'm hoping this is a world that Sony's going to keep building on and not try to copy the MCU, but build their own thing. It's a little, little darker, a little more real, a little more edgy. Yeah. Speaking of DC as well, like uh, I know, I think Scott, you saw it too. There was a tweet that was put out by, I can't remember the name. It's like fandom something um, showing the first weekends for DC and Marvel movie oh, movies. Yeah. And every DC movie was behind the worst Marvel movie. Oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it was pathetic. Even Flash right now, we, I mean, I've talked about it over on headlines, but it made $55 million in its opening weekend, and they're, like, projecting it'll hit 170 And it's like, nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> Man, that's yeah, rough. I'll have a stumble. The Lilla statue is at Blizzard HQ. The reason that this new statue... First off, Blizzard HQ is full of statues. They bring them to BlizzCon all the time. It's really cool. We, we love taking pictures of them while we're there. The reason this is cool is the first 1,000 players to hit 100 in hardcore mode get their username engraved on the statue. I freaking love that so much. Are you going to be one of them? No. Oh God. No. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that'd Scott, be have cool, you, are you, how close are you to all hundred right now? Oh, I, I haven't really been playing. Um, I'm kind of yeah. waiting for this season one to start. A lot of people uh, started doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm only like 52. I think, uh, I just got on the other day cause you guys were playing. I was like, yeah, yeah. I like, Hardcore players, that's that's a, a whole extra level of I hate myself uh, that yeah. I just don't have um, to sit there. I, you know, I mean, especially with how random the game can be, you know, Butcher, Butcher can spawn any time, any dungeon. Back to back dungeons for you. me yesterday, by the way, back to back dungeons. He spawned on me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I pointed out to someone, um, my. My sorceress from one to 50, I ran into butcher three times yeah, uh, and lost every time. Uh, and I then on my once. druid, 
I have yet to see the butcher on my druid. Yeah. So, you know, and it's higher level. So, you know, things like that, like, to, you know, you could be doing a hardcore, you're feeling great. And then just like one thing can screw you over and that character's deleted. Bye. Yeah. That's the thing, Jalen. If your character dies, it gets deleted in hardcore mode. Oh, really? Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. It's a zero death challenge. Jeez. Yeah. That's hard. That's, that's a totally different game. Game's been out for over a month now or whatever. And I think there's like maybe five players have reached the, the trophy. So yeah. it's pretty nuts. <laughs> You'd have to play through a few times with with it not in hardcore mode just to be able to know, you know, what stones to step on, kind of thing, right? I would say so. I would say that was your, that would be your best bet. There have been people. Infamously, there's one guy that was like in the late '90s in hardcore mode, and then just his internet had a problem, and he got disconnected from the server and it killed him. No, oh. it wasn't his internet. I think this they like it was it was one of the server shutdowns. Oh shit! Where they just so, yeah, like they were doing the, the, the servers the crashed or got turned off for maintenance with no warning. Oh man! I mean, I would just shatter my monitor in anger. <laughs> I would be so pissed. And then drive uh, to Blizzard headquarters and be like, "What the fuck, bro?" Yeah. Start with bring a sharpie. Start writing your name on that damn trophy. <laughs> there you go. The statue. All right. Last of our quickies here: Marvel, Netflix, Universal, and Sony are among the big names canceling events at San Diego Comic Con. Two reasons for this. First off, a lot of these companies are now hosting their own event. We're going to be talking about Netflix's event that was just uh, uh, done. Secondly, because of the writer's strike, they all, all production is paused. So if they go to say like, oh, check out this new project that we have coming up. And they're like, we don't know when it'll be here because the writers for it are not working right now. And uh, soon at the end of this month, the SAG after is going to be doing a vote. The actors might also not be working as well. So uh, a lot of these people are skipping San Diego Comic-Con. We'll cover what we can. It will not be what it used to be. Specifically, Marvel's not doing Hall H, which is where you get the big announcements. People are talking about like, hey, this is DC's shot to really like do something cool. But there's only so much they can do at this point. I mean, they still have to get Aquaman and Blue Beetle out before they can even do anything awesome. So let's get into our big news stories here. We had the Tadum event. This is Netflix's big event. I, I picked three of my top favorite things. And we'll start with that. We'll go with Rebel Moon. This is a new, it's going to be a, a series from Zack Snyder, but he's talking about how like it will be Netflix's Star Wars. Specifically, the script for this was his pitch to Lucasfilms to write Star Wars before he got picked up for Batman because he wanted to do the trilogy, uh, the newest trilogy. They said no, so he's like, okay, I'll just take the word Star Wars off of it and make this movie, and that's what this is. It'll feel a lot like Star Wars. It'll feel a lot like the old Samurai movies. Have you guys had a chance to check out some of the filming or anything on Rebel Moon yet? Just the title makes me think of Saga, though, where it's like <laughs> a moon versus the you know, planet it orbits in a war. It, it's kind of like that. It's like this like big empire in space comes to this moon because it needs some sort of resource. And this village on the moon is going to defend itself. One of the people on, on the, in the village, like it's got a bunch of cool different villagers, too, that are like hiding here. One mm -hmm. of the villagers is an old general for the military that's attacking them that wanted to retire and hide. Uh, the other one's like this, like assassin that was born to kill. That's like, you know, trying to avoid detection. So like they happen to fuck with the wrong village. And mm -hmm. uh, so the village is going to band together. It's very much an old samurai movie. The village is going to band together to fight off of the Imperial forces. And then this is going to spin off into an entire, you know, franchise really. That sounds cool. Actually sounds like it could play out like the avatar series too. this whole, you know, crossing planets and stuff. The avatar uh, series of movies, I should say. The series no one asked for that'll never be done. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, a sci-fi 
action, you know, adventure, yeah, give it to me every time, you know, you know, like whatever it may be, you want you want laser swords. I mean, I already saw a video of, you know, basically they have a death star. I'm fine with this. You know, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, it, it looks neat. Hopefully it lives up to the hype. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll see. Kind um, of excited to like Zack Snyder again because the Snyder bros, like they just make you so upset with DC stuff sometimes. And I'm like, oh, look, yeah. can we just like pick something new to enjoy together? So this will be it probably. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think by any objective measure, the DCEU did not do great. Justice League, whichever version you watch is not great. You know? So yeah, the constant like Zack Snyder worship and it, you know, it, it was so just draining, you know? Yeah. It's losing its credibility. Yeah. Uh, you know what I want to see though is another season of Halo. I don't know. I don't think Paramount canceled that yet. I think they're probably still no, working it, on it. But. It's in development. They I've seen yeah. behind the scenes stuff like that. They're filming it and like that. It's okay. That was cool. I hope they keep pushing that and that maybe that will be like you know Paramount's version of Star Wars too, and just keep expanding on it. There's so much content you have to work with, uh, but it's, it looked really good that first season. So I think it'd be cool to keep going with that. It was really good, except for that girl that they like threw in the orphan girl. Like yeah, just don't use her in the future and yeah. you got an A plus show. But they got to make it relatable to more, to more people than us. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, yeah, it was, uh, it was rough to watch her. <laughs> Next, I have the one piece series. We finally got our first trailer for one piece. If you're not familiar with one piece, I know Jonathan, you're probably not too familiar with one piece, right? Nope. Have you had a chance to watch one piece at all? Scott, are you going to be our expert on this? I have been watching it on Netflix and Hulu. And okay. on how many Hulu, episodes in are you? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think roughly like 300 or so. Okay. So it's 300 episodes in Jonathan. You want to guess how many episodes there are to this anime? Mm, 2000, 1000. Oh God. Now you maybe look like a loser. I knew there was a lot. <laughs> I, knew, I remember you talking about how there's like so much, you don't even know where to start. Cause it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, there's a lot of filler. Obviously, it's oh my god! I like I thought Dragon Ball Z was bad with filler. One Piece is the king of filler. Okay, yeah. Uh, but overall, you know, I've I've enjoyed watching it. What are your thoughts on this trailer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> First of all, always a little dubious about any anime or video game being turned into a live action anything yeah that just does not work well yeah i don't know man i i watched that that trailer and it was just it was really cringe man luffy is like i don't know a a 12 year old from this i thought he was always a kid was he not a kid in the is he not a kid in the anime no he's i mean he's an adult you know as far as i could tell yeah, he looks like he's at, at most 15 in this. Yeah, and just, and then they showed Zoro, and I'm like, all right, Zoro at least looks cool. You know, he's the, like, samurai-looking dude. Right. Um, but then they showed a fight scene, and that choreography looked not great. No, I know, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then, of course, the CGI on it, which you can't make the CGI look good, but the well, CGI yeah. on his stretching is just like, oh, yeah, okay. We're back to that old school final uh, Fantastic Four movies from like 2008. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, um, as a fan of this series, I, I want to, I want to be excited for it, but it's really yeah. hard. 
That's all I'm I looking forward really to as a not fan of the series, be, as somebody who doesn't know the series, because this is going to be my chance to learn anything about this world. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to this because it's going to be like, oh, good. I can learn who, you know, more about Luffy without having to jump into a thousand episodes or, you know, just an unreal amount of like even the box sets of the books are like this wide, but it's like one of ten. <laughs> like what? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I'm, I, I'm, I'm on like season seven of 20, I think is about where when I looked it up. Our next here is Avatar The Last Airbender. We got a first look at the costumes, and we had a little bit of a teaser, but it wasn't much of anything. I'm a big fan of these costumes. They're colorful. They're bright. I think they're real adaptations of what we see in the animation in comparison to that abomination we got from M. Night Shyamalan, which was, like, muted and dumb. Yeah, I think they look perfect. It's a great blend. Like you're saying, like, I think M. Night was trying to make it very realistic and something that can Mm -hmm. just kind of blend in with our natural world. But that's not what we're looking for. We watched a cartoon show, which I get was a little extreme for kids and stuff like that. And, you know, fun and fancy free or whatever you want to call it. But uh, and we don't want to go too cartoon to where it's not believable. But I think this is right. like a perfect mix where I could see, you know, going to a theme park and you see the the people cosplaying in that kind of uh, armor and stuff like that. So it's, I think it's the perfect mix of believable, but still uh exciting and vibrant and you know attention grabbing the casting's good too and also i think it's gonna just lean itself better to doing a series over that movie that m did because mm-hmm. he tried to fit the entire first season in a movie that's impossible and we saw that's, that was impossible yeah i think like at the end of the first season or uh at the end of a first movie you could be leaving the water tribe like just getting <laughs> to know the characters and stuff is a lot like take your time don't there's no rush we want to see a lot of content so yeah, that um, pilot episode, like you're introduced to the Water Tribe and you mm-hmm. fight off the Fire Nation's first attack with Prince Oku. Like, it's, yeah. yeah, that is actually a pretty good movie right there. Yeah. And so there's no need to not to try to go all the way through. <laughs> yeah. Excited about that. Plus, Paul Sung-Hung Lee hasn't released his Uncle Iroh, but Paul is such an amazing actor. Kim Convenience Guys, again, yeah. <laughs> you gotta such check it out. Right? I preached it for how many years before you I know, finally watched it? Such a good a show. I wish they just kept going. They only did three seasons. I'm like, oh, I'm I, follow, like I follow like the entire family on Twitter now, dude. It's, yeah. uh, it's just fun <laughs> to see them hang out and stuff. So good. Yeah. You know, I, I know I just said anime to live action never works, but I, I'm, a, I'm a little hopeful for this one. I think Uh-oh. so far visually <laughs> it does look pretty impressive. I think the, the most shocking thing was I know that Aang was always a kid, you know, in the show, but I guess it kind of didn't feel like he was a kid. So actually seeing like, this little kid dressed up as Aang and I'm like, oh my God, this little kid is going to travel the world and fight the Fire Nation. And it, <laughs> it kind of like threw me for a loop. But I was like, but that's the character. There's a lot that can go wrong, but if they're willing to invest in it, right? Invest in decent CGI, it, it could turn out really good. I think your biggest challenge is going to be Appa and Momo. The mm-hmm. elements are, you know, fudgeable, really. I mean, you know what fire and water and stuff look like, but these living, moving characters, like they're going to be sitting on Appa. They'll have to probably use yeah. live action uh, set props or whatever that they sit on. But then when they're flying, they have to animate what he looks like and his his legs dangling and his hair moving in the air and stuff like that. That's going to be a lot of work for them to CGI that to look decent. So I think that's yeah, going to be I, the, the test. I think to have a show it looks as good as it needs to. I think we're, we're talking, you know, a game of Thrones, 
rings of power type of budget. Mm-hmm. So I it think has the potential doable. to live up to those. That's why I think it, it is, I, you know, you and me, maybe Jonathan watched Marco Polo from Netflix and it was like, okay, Netflix can do a game of Thrones. Uh, mm-hmm. They just have to see it be successful. And I think this is going to come up with just a fan base. that's going to be right there. I, to me, my biggest concern for this is how well will Aang translate onto screen? Because Aang is a kid and he, in the first season, especially he's a goofball. And then eventually we see he has some real adult emotions as the, as the show goes on until by the end, like you're so tied to him. How will that look in live action when it's not a cartoon kid? Him goofing around like riding penguins down the hill might yeah. look just <laughs> stupid and cringy. So we'll see. Yeah, I think they would have to kind of taper that down, you know, bring yeah. that down a little bit. He's still a kid, so you'd still have a kid playing around, but it'd be more realistic to what a kid playing around would look like in our world and not as a cartoon, you know, he's... And riding his air scooter and stuff is fine. But like when we sit, when we're texting, we say, LOL, you didn't just laugh out loud. You just said, LOL, like you just text it. So why when he's, I don't, you don't really laugh out loud when I say a joke. <laughs> exactly. <no. laughs> so when he's on his little air scooter and he's giggling really loud or like, you know, come on guys, let's go jump down the, the snow hill or whatever. Like it wouldn't be the same. It would be yeah. a muted version of that. So That's I think, uh, I think it'll be good. Fingers crossed. We'll be, we definitely will be talking about it all on Challenge Accepted. We'll review every episode as they come out. And then we might, we might have to do that for Geek Fix or something like that, too. That's a big deal for us, so we'll see how it goes. My goal again, Paul Sung-Hung Lee. You now follow us on Twitter, buddy. Come on. Come on the show. <laughs> all right. Over on Nintendo Direct, they showed off some new things. Again, the top three from that one. Uh, we'll go with Super Mario Wonder. It's going to be a new 2D side-scroller set for Mario. Been a long while before since we had one of these. This thing looks Polished as hell. A couple of the little additions. You could become an elephant. You know how he has power-ups. This one, he's an elephant. He just like kicks people around. Second thing, you enter into like what looks like a dream state almost. And the world, like the things in the world become alive and move around and are manipulated. It looks very Kirby with its palette. I'm pretty happy about this. Any, any thoughts on Super Mario Wonder? Is that supposed to be like he ate a mushroom? Oh, shit. Yeah, probably. There's mushrooms <laughs> like a psychedelic a trip. Yeah. That's funny. It's always the mushrooms, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now you got me thinking, like, is it going to be like a purple mushroom? You're like, no, 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 not that one. You know? Not that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I oh, see man. video of it, though. It does look, uh, does look pretty cool. I probably won't play it because I don't have time to play the games that I'm really excited for. But either way. It looks yeah. Cool. We need to, I need to find a way to get the Switch emulator. By the way, if, if like, I don't know, Nintendo's listening to this, I'm joking. But I need to figure out a way to get the Switch emulator on your Steam Deck that you can actually play Switch games on that thing, which I've heard actually runs the games better than Switch does. Oh, That's really? Bad. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, I yeah. haven't I haven't played an R, a Mario since uh, Mario 64. So, Oh, dang, well, I've played some Mario Kart since then. But yeah, Mario 64 is last time I played a Mario game. So it's whatever to me. Oh, man, you got to you got to get into some of these newer Marios. Maybe this will be the one. Super Mario RPG remake is coming and... I feel like this is up your alley, Scott. Have you played the RPG? No. Dude, this is definitely up your alley. It is Final Fantasy, the old school Final Fantasy, but you're playing Mario, fighting Bowser and stuff like that. It is incredibly well written, incredibly well done. And this is, I would say, the best game that ever came out on Super Nintendo coming in brand new graphics to the Switch. This is a day one purchase for me. Lastly, we have Detective Pikachu is getting a sequel. This is the... I think it was 3DS game. Uh, it's going to get a sequel. Now, this is one of those things where it's like, I never played it. I hope the movie gets a sequel, really. I don't know about the game. Um, 
But the fans that have like played that other one were losing their shit when this was announced. So then I'm like, okay, well, if they're so excited about this, I might have to look into this game. It'll continue the story. It is a story based game. And you get to play with Detective Pikachu, which is cute as all hell. The movie was so good. I hope they make a sequel and then not just a sequel, but a spinoff of it so that we can have more. They just did the Pokemon so right. It was awesome. And like, why stop there? There's all the you know animated movies that were made in the past. Like you could follow up with all those stories and remake them if it's you know profitable. It might have been a lot of obviously it was gonna be a lot of money to animate them the way they did. Um, but I think the fans would love it, especially people our generation. You know, yeah, I'll I'll bring my son to go watch this movie. It's bright and colorful. It entertains him, but it also you know tickles my nostalgia. So be perfect. And there's so much to do too, because I mean, obviously the world's big, but like. As long as you keep some of the original Pokemon there so the millennials can be excited about like seeing, you know, a Cubone on screen mm-hmm. is important. But also, yeah, tickle and you know, bring in your, your new guys, too. But we need to be rooting for Psyduck. Like this last one was Pikachu and Psyduck were like the two main Pokemon that were with them the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, I know those names. Like, that's what's important. Don't give me something that looks like a keychain, which is literally one of the Pokemon look like a keychain. And mm-hmm. then I have to like believe this thing's real. So yeah. I think, yeah, as long as you keep it old school, it's good. We're going to go over to Xbox. They've been in courts this week with the FTC. This is over their uh, attempted acquisition of Activision Blizzard. We're going to go over some of the big things that were revealed during this thing. Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. So first off, Microsoft admits they've been losing the, the console war since 20, or 2001 when they were announced. They're saying they've always been behind Nintendo and Sony. I don't feel like that's been the case. Like With the Xbox 360, I felt like they did pretty good with that one. What do you guys think about that? 360 was against the PS3, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, we, we had Xboxes, but uh, I don't know. I mean, well, when you were working in uh, Toys R Us, you could see that side-by-side comparison pretty easily. But, you know, like yeah. for us as consumers, I only see the side that I bought. I don't see, you know, how much the other side's getting used or played or whatever. That's a great point. I didn't think about that for that sense. In that sense, Nintendo was by far number one in console sales. But for game sales, Xbox 360 was big. Yeah. The 360 games, though, because there was a lot more 360 games than I think PS3 games, Mm -hmm. those were selling all the time. According to what I'm looking at, the PS3 sold 87.4 million units, and the Xbox 360 sold 84 million units. Barely. So they lost, but barely. But I think, yeah, I think that's honestly the the best comparison they ever had yeah. because yeah, the PS3, it came out late. It came out with not very many games. Very Uh, expensive. Yeah. Very expensive. It, it, it was just a worse deal compared to the Xbox all around. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, coming off the PS2, I was definitely a PlayStation fan. You know, I was Mm -hmm. a PlayStation fanboy, And I, I think, I think they, yeah, they lost the first, the first round. Because I mean, you know, the PS2 was just—I—I I, I mean, it was a world-changing event, basically. You know, yeah. like the PS2, oh, yeah. it came out, it had kind of a long shelf life, and it just produced, you know, awesome game after awesome game. Xbox's greatest weakness is Microsoft's biggest strength, which is we all know that if it comes out on Xbox, it's probably going to come out on PC. Yeah, and in more cases, they're definitely pitching this idea of like, we're all about our streaming services. We're not even about the console. So right. don't worry about us taking over Activision. We're going to provide Netflix for everybody, basically. They they really are referencing themselves as like trying to become the Netflix of gaming. And 
True. That's definitely where your guys' strengths are. Like, I can't wait for Starfield, but I'm not going to buy it day one. I'll just get it on Game Pass for 10 bucks. And I think I think PlayStation sees like, and, but they're also saying like, don't worry about cloud gaming. That's not going to be, that's the least important thing. PlayStation sees that like, yeah, they might be in third place, but they are poised to become a monopoly and they will become the dominant power if we let them become the Netflix of gaming. If Game Pass becomes so required, like if you think about it, like Netflix, you just kind of pay for sometimes, even if you're not watching anything. If that's how you use video games as well, Xbox will become unstoppable. So let's let's keep going forward. Then uh, one of the things that Jim Ryan, the head of Sony for US, he submitted an email into this whole thing. And they were saying that if Microsoft acquires Activision Blizzard, they will not provide PS6 information for Call of Duty development. Their entire time, this whole time, they've been saying like, well, if they acquire Call of Duty, then we're screwed because that's the best first person shooter out there. And now they're saying like, we're not going to give you the information to develop a game for our system. So it's kind of like they're full of bluster in a way. And I will say, by the way, I do have, although I have a PS5, I have a bias for Xbox. I'm just like an Xbox fan. So whatever, I, I'm always like, kind of like, you know, screw you, PlayStation. You know, so forgive me for that. But to keep that in mind, there's definitely a give and take. And even like when they're, when they're asking, like, why is Minecraft not on PS5? And Xbox said, they didn't give us a PS5 to make the Minecraft for. So you, common courtesies, you give what's called a dev kit to a company if you want them to make your video game. But they were so worried that Microsoft was going to use that to fuck them up that they didn't make a Minecraft. They would that Minecraft didn't get on PS5. I will say that out of all this, I am kind of excited that Console Wars is back and hotter than ever. And it's not the not the fans arguing about it. It's the companies themselves finally arguing over this console war. Because I feel like they let the fans fight a lot because then they would just buy up consoles. And now it's actually like, okay, now you guys have to prove that you want our love. Go get it. I like that we kind of see, and maybe not you know, concrete, but we see a little glimpse that Microsoft is looking towards the future and yeah. into, you know, the fact that they're going to be on the PC. They know that it sounds like they have a foot on both sides. They know that, yeah, the consoles aren't long term. They're doing good right now. We want to keep making that money and, and keep the doors open. But in the end, consoles are going away. They're 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 the iPods. You know, you don't need uh, to have a separate console if you also have a PC that can play so many different games already like pretty soon people are going to get choked down to where they're like well my pc could play a hundred different games that i'm interested in my console can only play 16 or 12 so i'm just not going to get the new console and microsoft i think is ready to be like okay don't worry we're the ones that will provide you the new pc that is made for gamers because we'll sell a, a off-the-shelf gamer pc uh with you know our our latest it'll be the, the call of duty special or the halo special or something like that that would be cool if they started selling cases that were themed. Yeah, that would be smart. Yeah. It'll come with controllers that connect to your PC with Bluetooth so you could play with the controller if you wanted to. You know, it wirelessly connects to your TVs and it can be uh, preloaded with, uh, with their operating system that would interface just like an Xbox would, but it's yeah. all a PC. You know, it's all... And you, could, you can still do your homework on it and everything else, but I think Microsoft is definitely more prepared than Sony to make that transition. Uh, when it's going to come, I, obviously they have to wait. It's like a, a cold war. Like, you don't, nobody wants to pull the trigger uh, prematurely and lose all the sales on the console side of things. Um, but I, I think in the next like 10 years, we're probably going to see that transition. You know, you make a really good point. That, and one thing, I think they did this with the old Microsoft like media player. What if they sold skins for mm -hmm. your windows? So like 
Oh, the new Halo's coming out. So I want to buy the Halo skin for my Windows 11. So like your start menu all looks like it's Cortana based and everything like that. Or, oh, the new Gears of War. Yeah. Or Sea of Thieves, Sea of Thieves. So all your like start menus are all like ship stuff. I yeah. I would be yeah. on board with that super. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't think consoles are going anywhere. Uh, you think so? Okay. You know, as a non-console player, you know, I, I see... I see some benefits for certain types of gamers. You know, um, I, I like a lot of variety. I love steam sales. I love free games from Epic. You know, I I'm playing a different game every couple of weeks, sometimes less than a couple of weeks, you know? So, so that's what I enjoy about the PC. I can play a large variety of stuff, but some people, you know what? Call of duty is what they play and they mm-hmm. don't want to deal with, you know, a computer where, Maybe the graphics card isn't good enough. Maybe their hard drive's failing. Maybe they need more RAM, you know, and they got to upgrade it. And maybe they're like, I don't, I don't know about this stuff, but I can go out and I can buy an Xbox or PlayStation and put a game in and play it. So mm-hmm. I think there's a simplicity to a console that, that takes a lot of the, the kind of headache that a computer can be and gets mm-hmm. rid of it. It's like, hey, just buy this console, buy games for it. Everybody's happy. Um, they're, they're developing a thing called a lot of gamers. They're developing a thing called Keystone. Uh, they we announced it a while back when they when they announced it. Um, and the reason it's not out yet is because of the pandemic. Prices went up on like chips, and so they couldn't make it cheap enough yet. But it is coming out still. I like that they're making something that's just like it's a dongle that you put in the back of your TV, like a Fire Stick. And the entire thing behind it is we want to make it cheap because they always take a loss. They take a loss on all every console they sell. But they're like, we want to make this thing so incredibly cheap that you cannot not have an Xbox on your TV. And you'll it's all just cloud gaming. It's all based on cloud gaming. But you plug in this thing and it's going to be like 80 bucks, $100 maybe. You plug into the back of your TV and you're able to play Sea of Thieves and Halo. Like, but mm-hmm. you have to subscribe to Game Pass. It's right. just yeah. such a yeah. genius so, idea. Yeah. So you get the Game smart. Pass money. So smart. Obviously, they're going to want you know a controller for it. So you're yeah. going to sell those peripherals. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to be selling, you know, the games, which yeah, it might come with one controller, but like, you know how it is. Like, I need, I need to get another yeah. PS5 controller. Thinking about that just now, like, you got to have two controllers so that when people come over, you're ready to play and stuff like that for sure. Yeah, and... or you know, remember those N64 controllers? The joystick always wore out on that guy. So I, I love you that know, controller. you had to have backups. Yeah, you got the Mad Cat's controllers, garbage. That's why I lost no, that game. Man. You know, stuff like that. All right. Uh, let us know what you guys think about these Xbox core filings. I think it's interesting that there's a court case out there that I'm like, I feel invested in, in a way that's like, I'm rooting for a company and, 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 and really I'm like, let the billionaires fight. What's going to come out of this is a better version of call of duty for PlayStation people. And you know, Xbox is going to create more exclusives. I will want, I do want to say real fast. Actually, I forgot about this part. I do want to mention Starfields, according to the verge was not going to be on Xbox at all. Everybody else is saying it was going to be multi-platformed and, uh, uh, Microsoft said that Sony has been paying developers to not release games on Xbox, just paying them to not release, like make up the difference. And so what Microsoft did to make sure that Starfield came onto the Xbox is they bought the fucking company. <laughs> so that's <laughs> like they that. bought they bought Xenomax and Bethesda because they wanted Starfield. And that tells you how good that game's gonna be right there. And the fact that they think this is gonna be our next halo gears of war see at these level thing that we can hang our hat on it's got me more excited for starfield than ever i, I just i can't wait for that i know and apparently i already spent that, 300 bucks on it god the collector's edition just comes with a watch apparently that uh 
that's backfiring on them because I've read that Starfield will not be available, uh, will not be available on the PlayStation. Yeah, they, yeah, they they made it to where it's exclusive to Xbox now, yeah. and I mean, like that will sell, especially when you think of like the uh, Xbox S, which is like that's another thing that Xbox is doing is like we'll, we'll give you a cheaper version of the Xbox that just can't do everything the regular Xbox does, but you could play your games on it, and it's like two hundred fifty bucks. That's yeah, might as well. Yeah, 250 bucks. Go buy an Xbox real quick. That's cheap as hell to play the next big game, Starfield. And then you just subscribe for $10 a month and you can play the the best game out there without having to pay $70 for it. That's that's as much as a Wii was. You know, the Nintendo yeah. Wii came out for like 250 and everyone was in shock that a console could be that cheap. And you know what it worked out for, for Nintendo pretty well. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our reviews. Uh, first off, we have Secret Invasion, the first episode for this one. Scott, did you have a chance to watch it? I did. Yeah, I, I watched okay. I watched the episode, the first one, what, which I guess technically there was another here? one yesterday. Oh, what there was? Oh, shit. Okay, stop what you're doing. I guys. think no. so. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Uh, I think someone said that the episodes are on Fridays. I thought it was good. I don't think it was great. As far as, you know, first episodes goes, you know, it... It sets the tone. It sets up, you know, the plot. It brings Nick Fury back. Always good to see Nick Fury. And I guess, you know, the the Talos character is from Captain Marvel. And I watched Captain Marvel once. I can't remember a whole lot about it. So I'm yeah, that's he's just been, he's a, been cameoing in a lot of other things too, but yeah, he's mostly from from Captain Marvel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have in the connection that, you know, some people, but I thought his character was was good. You know, it's always nice to see Amelia Clark in things. I felt like my big complaint on this one, though, is is the fact that I didn't feel like the story really moved forward. It was just more questions that they were setting up the entire time. So I was like, who's, you know, and so I felt like it kind of lacked an actual plot that I cared about at all. Yeah, that's fair. You know, it doesn't help that, like, sometimes things peak. Going back to one of my favorite villains, Lucifer, Supernatural hit a peak with Lucifer. I mean, obviously we're talking about Lucifer, right? If you know anything about the show, Lucifer side of the devil, you can't bring in a villain like that. And then once they're gone, what do you do? And I feel like that's what Marvel has been struggling with ever since they killed Thanos. And I'm I also, like this villain because just, just, just jump in real quick. So in the comic books, my favorite part about this comic book, me and squeeze, we text back and forth a lot when we were reading this is you didn't know who to trust. And so literally the person you're reading for, you would like pay attention to how they're saying things because like, are they using terms that would kind of say that they're hiding their identity or not? And I feel, I did feel that in the show and I, I, I got to give them props for that. Cause I wasn't sure if they're going to be able to capture that. Where like even Nick Fury, I'm like, is Nick Fury a scroll? Uh, we saw, you know, there's a big death at the end of the first episode. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but we're like, okay, is that really her or is that somebody else? Because they could be a scroll too. I like that uncertainty, that questioning everything. It kind of, it's the scroll race was born out of cold war propaganda and fears. And I, they've recaptured that immediately. I right away, as a matter of fact, it takes place in Moscow. So that tells you that much right away. I'm like invested in that. I think the scroll are great. I, I think as an idea and as presented, I think the scroll are fine. The whole plot line of we're going to, set off dirty bombs and blame it on the u.s yeah what the start like of that war. You know what I'm saying? like you're a great alien race and i mean 
come on, this is a planet that has been invaded by aliens and, and their superpowers. Like, you really don't think two world governments, you know, two big governments can can kind of put two and two together. I so my prediction, and, and we'll go into this phase too. Who do you guys think is a is going to be a scroll? I think the president of the United States is a scroll. So I think the dirty bomb plan works when you're okay. just trying to give that guy an excuse to launch a nuke. So, you know, I think that's what it is. I think they're just setting that guy up to have a reason to hit Russia. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, and I, I think, I think there's definitely room to grow and we may find, I, I think the twist at the end is the glimmer that shows how devious the, the main villain can be. I'm interested to see what Marvel does with this going forward because it's just, it, it's, it hasn't been their forte. You know, they, they kind of keep things light, even at the worst of times. And then just before we leave the secret of Asia thing, I, I, I've seen your guys' response through my, my videos on this, uh, but I want to get your opinion real quick, Scott, on this. The AI intro, uh, do you like it? Do you dislike it? Jonathan's immediately like, fuck that shit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I didn't care for it. I, I did see that. I, I saw, oh yeah, I saw it. Duh. I saw your TikTok about it. It was just so weird. It did not vibe at all. Like, I understand that like, kind of misdirect, like you don't know who is what and it's always changing and stuff. But this looks like a, a living Picasso painting. And mm. it was just too fluid and not cohesive enough to really make any kind of sense. So it didn't it didn't focus your mind on one thought concept or anything like that. It was just kind of it looked like a mess to me. Yeah, it just to me, in my opinion, Jonathan, even if an artist I, to me, this looked bad. And then yeah. it was like, oh, yeah, and it was made by AI, so people lost out on work op- uh, opportunities. Mm-hmm. But I just thought also, yeah, it just looks like shit. And so yeah. that yeah. is one thing if you could have made this look good. Sometimes when you see AI art, you're like, man, I want to hang that on a wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, not this. No. <laughs> so. I, I didn't think it was that bad. You know, the, the Picasso-iness of it, I thought, was, mm-hmm. was actually kind of neat. I don't even know if that's a word. It's not definitely not a word. Picasso-iness. Oh, of course. Yeah, oh, the yeah. Picasso-iness. Webster, of- somebody, quick. <laughs> um, I'm still full Picasso witness today. <laughs> after seeing the episode, it makes more sense, you know, yeah. because it is yeah this fluid. It's creepy, you know. The most of the faces in it are kind of faceless, you know, right. which which I think fits. Personally, I think if it hadn't been made by AI, it wouldn't even be a conversation piece. Possibly. I, you definitely have a point there. I think the fact that it was made AI, we right away went to the negative on it. A lot of my com- uh, comments on the YouTube version of the video, because we had quite a bit of comments over there, were like, you don't get it though. It's because it's supposed to be, you're not sure if it's humans or AI. Just like with the scrolls, it's like, no, I get it. They look shitty. <laughs> like, <laughs> so many comments have been just like, bro, you're not catching the point. And it's like, I get the point. It still looks like, you know, my nephew drew it. I'm okay with that. Art in general, if art made by humans, you know, like I've been to the art museum with my girlfriend and I'm looking at stuff like, I don't get it. <laughs> Who paid for this <laughs> shit? <laughs> I saw, I saw the other day, it's like a, a pic, uh, a painting in the Louvre and it's just one big blue painting. That's it. Single color, all blue. And it's behind ropes. Like, no one dare touch Don't it. I'm touch like, it. <laughs> dude, I can do that. Okay. Like you want copies of that? I got you. You know, so I, to me, it had kind of a, like a James Bond vibe almost, you know, like that James Bond intro. 
I think, yeah, I think if it wasn't done by AI and they were due by humans, they would say go with James Bond because that, that, that the whole series kind of has that vibe. I mean, you, they literally saw MI6 day one. I was gonna say, it felt a little bit like uh, like they're imitating uh, the Westworld intro to me. Like that's what they're kind of mm. trying to do, but it didn't didn't land the mark at all. God, I wish Westworld was the good Westworld was back. Speaking yeah, the first of Aaron season, Paul, two seasons were really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Black Mirror, which had, of course, Aaron Paul from Westworld and Breaking Bad. Jonathan, I know you watched this. What was your favorite episode? And what do you think about the season as a whole? So I love this show, Black Mirror, altogether. So many episodes from all the seasons have been amazing. Um, I was really excited for a new season to come out. And then some of the episodes were really good and some were just like, eh, just okay. So, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed that I wasn't stoked for every episode. Uh, But they do such a good job because these are like these this isn't a ongoing story of a series you're following the same characters or anything these are like a stack of independent movies there it was amazing we touched on it earlier today too but i think joan is awful the first episode of this new season i think that one is my favorite of them yeah though i know you were talking about the uh, episode three is also very good uh it's just a little it's just so sad but what i like about joan is awful is at the end you're left wondering are you still in the matrix are you still in inception are you is this the end or when they pan out from from that uh coffee shop because jonah's awful is about a tv show being made uh following someone's life kind of like the truman show but then she finds out that she's not the original one she is that the tv show. show so she's a yeah. she's a digital character yeah and it's all ai generated from a computer she destroys the computer but the computer is a simulated computer you're inside your show so it's not exactly. you're not destroying the original one. But it does so show later, that the ground floor level of Joan is doing it as well. Because she's like, I'm not doing this. It's up to Joan to make the swing. And then Joan does do the swing. Yeah. But is that just made in her show? True. Watching, I know. That's, watching I the real that. Joan is on a fake screen. This is all inception. Did they escape the Matrix just to be stuck in another Matrix? I yeah. know. It's really convincing I, for the your audience to say, oh my God, they broke the machine and now she's free and everything. And now she can live her real life with her friend and they could have a coffee shop together and we could watch that. Okay, that's the new show. Yeah. I will say like think. the entire time I was like, this episode's really good. I really like this episode. And then when they did the whole thing, mm-hmm. like, and I, I mentioned this as well, uh, I was like, man, they got so many. Michael Sarah, there's so many stars in this episode. It's crazy. But the entire time we're watching, yeah. uh, I can't remember her name, but she's amazing, of course. Uh, and Annie Murphy uh, working together. Mm-hmm. Damn, I wish I could remember her name. Anyways. Gosh, and, yeah. <laughs> it was all about her. Right. But uh, but yeah, it's like, oh, this is so crazy. And then at the end, they're like, no, you're not real. This is the first layer. And like, what? It's like, yeah, I'm Michael Sarah. You're Annie Murphy. Who are, what are you talking about? Obviously, we're we're fake people. And then it was like, oh, my God, that's and he's even like, look, you're Andy Murphy. Look, from Schitt's Creek is like, yeah, that's how I would describe her from Schitt's Creek. So it was just <laughs> I just it blew my mind in such a perfect sci fi way. And I was so on board when they did that. That was cool. My favorite episode is the third one. I yeah. can't remember the name of it. I think it's like a bad moon or something like that. It was uh, but uh, beyond the sea, beyond the sea. And the, the yeah. to me, this was like some like perfect sci fi. I like when sci-fi brings in a technology mm-hmm. that makes me question things and then makes me question, like, what would you do in this situation? Like, that's sci-fi. That's perfect. And in this one, yeah. these two astronauts are traveling in space on a six-year mission, and they're able to go to sleep in a way and be transported to uh, robotic avatars of themselves that can, like, live with their family on Earth while they're up in space. 
And for the most part, it seems like they live like a week at a time on Earth. And then if there's an emergency or if they have to check in once a week on a Friday, they'll go up and do it. Everything seems well until. um, But of course, as with anything with humanity, there's two people that are different and everybody's got to hate on them. And these uh, this like cold comes in and kills the family of one of the two guys and then himself, the body. And so one of the guys is now mm-hmm. stuck in space on a four year mission left this four year mission, uh, four years to go without any way of coming back home. Uh, so <laughs> uh, Aaron Paul's character and his wife, all good actors, ha- were like, why don't you like let him rotate around in your body? And then that way you can enjoy he can enjoy nature a little bit. He does this. And of course, immediately like this isn't going to go well. <laughs> And yeah, he yeah. starts hitting on the wife. The wife is not necessarily turning him away right away. And everything starts to go crazy. And then, of course, I won't, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it is a tragic ending. Ah, oh, God, yeah. it's such a good episode, in my opinion. That was my favorite one. What would you have done in that situation? So, like, like, like if you're, uh, what's his name, Aaron Paul? If you're yeah. the Jesse. main guy. Yeah. Your buddy's family's uh, died. And... You're like your wife suggesting he should use your body and, and come. What do you think you would do at that point? Well, it's hard because when Jesse goes back at one point, he does see that like he's on the verge of killing himself. And if he does that, then like yeah. you'll die too. Cause it's a two. That's the kind of the whole linchpin of this whole thing. Really. If you think about it is that ship needs two people to run it or else. And so no matter what yeah. happens, you need to keep both of them alive. And I know. Yeah. I think it was a good move, but what I, I was like screaming at the TV the whole time. I was like, have a code word with your wife so that she knows she could ask a code word and say like, okay, you know, daffodil. Oh, okay. So you're actually my husband. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I'd almost say like, just like when he starts acting weird, leave, let him be alone at the house and just take the kid away because obviously something's up and you can't, you can't kill him. And so, oh man, it was Mm -hmm. such a freaking mess. Yeah. So those two, and I had one other, so Definitely, there should have been a code word. Like when she, when he wakes up, she should say something like, "I think I saw a rainbow this morning," and he says, "Oh, my favorite color is blue." Whatever it is, it doesn't Perfect. need to be something special. Just yeah, keywords. Uh, and then so she would know whether it's him or not. Second is uh, she she could just one hundred percent leave, take the family. Hey, we're gonna be here. You guys have you know the whole afternoon, which it's only supposed to be two hour block, but I'll give you six hours. I'll be out of here just to make sure. You kept pushing cool. it farther and farther though. Yeah. And then uh, the third thing is reach out to the company that made the bodies and made the chair that you connect to. Can you make another chair? Can I have one that's not in my house, but that's in the middle of the city in an apartment somewhere? So for the next four years, when I when I clock out on Fridays, I'll clock out in the apartment. So he clocks in and he can come live his own life in a small apartment somewhere in my body. And then at the end of the day, he stays in the apartment, never comes to my house. I leave from the apartment when I get back in on Monday and I go back to my family like. That's that perfect. Way you could like leave no bit. evidence of your actual address too. So if he wanted to find yeah, the family, he exactly. couldn't. Like that's the way to do it. You're right. That's a good move. Yeah. Oh man. And maybe like I always wear a hat. He doesn't. You know, they, they kind of hinted at that, but they don't. They, they obviously <laughs> this is a single episode of what could be a very long series, or you know, extrapolated into multiple movies. Yeah. But uh, it, it was a very cool concept to dive into. And obviously, there's a lot of ways it could have gone, but. That's one of the best things about very sad. One of the best things about Black Mirror is just like, I want more of this. What the hell are you talking about? You already had done with this world. (laughs) And it's like, that's bullshit. Like there is the Star Trek episode of of Black Mirror. Like, no, I need so much more of this world. It's so cool. Yeah. The the whole concept within the the at that episode too. It's like, man, that's such a cool thing that you could just really expand on so much more. But 
you know, yeah. then they move on to the next episode. I've always thought like San Junipero, which is my probably my favorite overall of the entire series. I think that could mm-hmm. be a love, like a love boat or a fantasy island thing where every yeah. week you have somebody else plugging into this matrix. And how does that like there's a there's a show called Uploaded on Amazon Prime. It's one of their first actual like their shows. And kind of the mm-hmm. same idea is like when you die, you get uploaded to the Matrix and how that works and stuff like that is pretty neat. Let us know what you guys think about Black Mirror. It's so freaking good. If you haven't seen Altered Carbon yet, too, very similar premise yeah. where you get uploaded to a chip, like a memory card that can get put into a new body. So it's uh, a lot like this uh, episode with the robotic bodies. Season yeah, one is very good at that one. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm always seen a few episodes of Black Mirror in general, but um I will say they do a phenomenal job of creating a world and getting you invested in a character in an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, you go I, I've watched entire movies where I'm like, I don't care that any of these people die. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they never showed me anything during this movie that made me care at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, a bunch of them just died. I'm like, well, that sucks, you know, but then, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you see these black mirror twists, um, and you're just like, oh dude, like, I'm so sorry that happened to you, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's, that it, it's pretty amazing how they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and how well the shows are written, you know, yeah. to, to just have a very, very, no matter what craziness is going on there's a very human element to it that you can't help but relate to it's it, that's well said I, I i within that one hour you're you're very emotionally connected to these characters and that's just all through the writing mm-hmm. let's move to our recommendations of the week i'll start us off uh my recommendation is captain marvel you guys have probably already seen it but you haven't seen it in a long time you're like me you haven't watched it since the movie premiered so uh we watched it again for challenge accepted and I forgot how connected it is to Secret Invasion because I actually watched it after Secret Invasion. And um, oh, I watched it before. But anyways, it's very much connected. So it's a good way to kind of refresh yourself on the scrolls, on specifically Talos and, and their plight and why they're arguing. So Captain Marvel, uh, you could fast forward through some stuff. I'm not going to lie. There are some things that's not worth watching. But overall, it, it's good to kind of get you guys selves ready for Secret Invasion, which I think is going to pan out to be a good show. Dalton, what's your recommendation recommendation for the week? Well, first, I got to ask you guys, have you seen the Tetris movie or that Flaming Hot Cheeto movie? Uh, no on the Tetris one yet. I will. But Thomas has said that Flaming Hot movie is really good. Is it? Uh, th- those are my recommendations for myself. I'm going to want I want to okay. watch both of those like this week if I can. Yeah. I have Apple TV Plus now. I just haven't set it up on anything yet, which I'm just slow, but I'm <laughs> definitely going to get that set up so I can watch that Tetris. Uh, yeah. But my recommendations are, if you haven't seen Black Mirror, this season is really good. Take the time. At least watch episodes one and three if you can't watch mm-hmm. all of them. Exactly. Uh, Strange New Worlds. I think there's there's only, well, by the time this is out, two there might episodes. be a third episode. Yeah. It is two. Uh, really good show. And if you haven't seen the Little Mermaid movie, I loved it. I know it's controversial. Some people okay. don't like it, whatever. I thought it was amazing. So I I'm almost could say it's better than the original, though there's that nostalgia that it's like, ah, I watched it when I was a kid and fell in love with it as a yeah. kid. But it it's really good, so I would say go watch Little Mermaid. That was definitely the most hated Disney moms ever. <laughs> I didn't time. listen to all of it, really. It was like, all right, this is too much, thanks. <laughs> the audio quality is pretty bad on that one, too. Just It is yeah. what it is, but yeah. it was. Uh, they were definitely hated on that one, more than they have on any other movie. So I was like, oh, shit, okay. That's, That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right, what do you got, Scott? What's your recommendation for the week? 
Um, so this week, well, yesterday, in fact, I uh I went off in a left field and I decided I, I bought Final Fantasy One on Steam. Oh wow. So I started playing that, and that's it's like a whole different world of gaming, really. Uh so you know, I don't know, maybe um maybe just you know pick up something old, pick up you know, some retro game. Maybe it's an old Pokemon, but uh, you know, we've got a lot of big games on the horizon, you know, Starfield being the main name that's going to be this big complex world that's going to suck up our souls um <laughs> you know so maybe for right now you know just try something simple have a good time don't think about it too much you know that's a good idea yeah old pokemon <clears throat> games are always a good safe kind of pickup like leaf green i always suggest leaf green or, or fire yeah, red i'm a fire kind of red guy yeah fire red's good <laughs> It's the old school Pokemon, but they upgraded the graphics a little bit, and it's just fun to play. Yeah, totally. There's, um, I'm not suggesting you do it, but there are emulators out there that are very easy to play these on, and you can get right into it. Or you can buy them on the Nintendo Switch store, you know. For now. Boy, they keep closing if those damn Nintendo storms. The stores, yeah. Um, last quick shout out. Uh, thank you guys very much for your jump and listens over at Challenge Accepted. We are donating food to food banks right now. More listens, the more food we donate. Uh, right now, we're at 120 cans going to the local food banks, and uh, we're on track to add another 100 to that probably in like a month and a half. So I'm very proud of that. And awesome. If do you know what the next challenge could, is? Uh, the, oh, I don't remember. Shit. Thanks, John. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Cut gargoyles, Jonathan. It's gargoyles. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. You want it on Just that do one? it before I go on vacation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're we're doing it like next week. So yeah, I was. I forgot it. And I was like, right away, he's like, I don't know which episode though. And I was like, oh, I know which one. You got to do the Australian oh. one. I was like, no, you got to do the one where he sh- where Brooklyn shoots Maria. Like, yes. no, you got to do I was like, That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Brooklyn finds a gun. Oh, man. We were I'm thinking like that one's going to get too it's political so really fast. So I don't know if we should do that one or not. <laughs> yeah, but, that's all right. All right. I'll, I'll let Thomas know because I forgot. I was like, oh, I should t- I should see what Jonathan thinks. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, guys. So yeah, thank you for those listens, and I've never been more proud of a podcast list that's like just straight up donating money now to the food bank. We've had, and I want to shout out some of our listeners too that have been like, "Hey, I want to donate some mac and cheese for you guys," and blah blah blah. Like people are actually out now moving, donating to their local food banks because we're doing it, and just it's just the coolest thing ever. So, thank you guys very much for being a part of that. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.